Howdy everybody, this is Dan Vaughn, voice of the Kansas City Monarchs, the Perth Heat in the Australian Baseball League, and part of Talking Baseball Australia. You're tuned to the Baseball Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Pachersky. I'm Tom Quirk, your co-host. We're really excited. We've got a super special episode for you. We're joined by Titus Mutwiri. He's the president of the Baseball Federation of Kenya. Really cool guy. Tom actually found him on Reddit. And it's true. Just I, uh, I found them because I was on the baseball subreddit. And uh, as I've mentioned, probably thousands of times on this podcast as a Victor sports worker and kind of a baseball bat enthusiast in general. Um, you can see my little collection back here through the, through the darkness. Can't see it at all, but okay. That's fine. You know, you know, it's there. You trust me. Uh, so I saw, uh, he posted a picture of like a late and he was like making baseball bats. And he's basically like, Hey, I need advice on, you know, how do I make baseball bats? And I was like, well, I'm enthusiastic about this. And for once in my life, I might actually be equipped with the knowledge to help. You so I hit him up and I gave him some pointers and um, it came out. He's the president of, you know, the baseball federation of Kenya. And we got talking and then I saw that he had made a request to see if there were any baseball podcasts out there that would host him. And I was like, <laughs> you don't say. Uh, not only do we have a podcast that will host him, we have had 85 listens over the course of our podcast. So, that's, that's, you know, that's eight. Uh, how many episodes have we posted? Three. So that's like we posted four. Four. Yeah, okay, so that's like one seventy-seven more than I thought because I assumed you and me both listened to each one, and then probably, and that's yeah. that's about all I'm willing to give myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't say I don't know how many people it was, but I'm assuming it was not eighty-five people because some of them were me listening to it to make sure it was good. Right. So <laughs> now, d- did you like on Twitter? I came out of what has largely oh. been Twitter retirement. Oh, I saw All it. I post on Twitter is like my highlights from Elden Ring of me just like smoking noobs. But like I came out of retirement because I saw who was it? Was it Brett Laurie? Brett Laurie. Brett Laurie posted about, uh, hey, are there any good baseball podcasts out there that I can listen to? And I went on there and I simped for my own podcast. <laughs> I, saw I forget that. what you I wrote it. precisely, but um, yeah, it was hopefully along the lines of like at the baseball podcast, you already know, by the way, if you want to reach out at the baseball pod too on yes. Twitter, if you want to reach out, what was... you do, right. What you do. I was on, I was on Twitter on the baseball podcast page and I saw it. <clears throat> and so I commented and was like, Oh my gosh, Brett, like, let us know what you think. It'd be so cool to have you on and get your perspective as a Canadian baseball player. And he has yet to answer and likely never will. But uh, hold on, hope yeah. we're we're trying. It's um, possible. Also, if you want to email us, feel free to email us at thebaseballpod at gmail.com. I'm just gonna plug it right there. Right. So um, we should also. Do you want to plug Titus's? Uh, I, I was about to say his link tree. Yeah. Uh, do you want to plug his stuff? So Titus can be reached at baseball federation of Kenya at uh, gmail.com. That's baseball federation of kenya at gmail.com and uh yeah i mean they are uh they're a passionate group of guys and they have a lot of participation actually mainly what they need is uh they need people who are equally passionate to uh you know maybe give them a little support and give them some props and uh 
signal boost them a little bit as well because they have a great brand and really the problem is they're just uh they're trying to get it out there to to the right people right so titus is he's like tom said he's a super passionate guy he's putting out his own time and his own money to grow baseball in kenya and he's doing a really good job he's not just you know tilting at windmills so titus is doing awesome work i hope you guys enjoy our conversation with him and i hope if you can help that you reach out to him and you can help so anyway i hope you guys enjoy and we'll see you on the other side of the interview Absolutely. welcome back to the baseball podcast we're here with Titus Mutwiri, the president of the Baseball Federation of Kenya. Titus, it's uh, it's an honor to have you. Thank you for joining Absolutely. us. Absolutely. I'm really glad we could get you on. My first question for you is just tell me about baseball in Kenya. Tell me about, you know, the state of the game and, and how it's going. Thank you very much, Idan. And uh, baseball in Kenya, if I may start, um, my name is Titus Mutwiri. Yes, as you've been, uh, I've been introduced and I'm the a lead of Baseball Federation of Kenya, uh, the, the president or the chair of the organization. And baseball in Kenya has had a long history, a long history whereby it started as it was introduced in, by the US Marines in the late 1970s. Uh, then it has been having an episodes of peaking and going down. Uh, but I can say that since the year 2002, uh, baseball uh, was now launched uh, strongly uh, in different parts of the country, but uh, very close or proximal to the capital city of Nairobi. Uh, and uh, I played baseball in uh, late 90s when I was in high school. I was a shortstop and uh, I enjoyed myself, but because baseball uh, was not a household name in Kenya by then, uh, when I left high school, I never found it in college. Uh, uh -huh. So I had a moment whereby there was no baseball in my life, uh, I think for a number of years. Uh, and then after college, that when I, before I launched into uh, the workspace, uh, I found baseball again in the, near the capital city of Nairobi and its environs. And uh, since then, I was able to mingle and uh, work with the people who are leading the, the, the sport by then. And uh, we have been growing uh, since that time. Uh, and maybe I will talk about that. this later. Uh, I got into leadership of the Federation. That's definitely something that we would like to get into as well. And uh, you answered my my personal biggest question, probably everybody's biggest question was, you know, how did baseball get started in Kenya? And uh, it's it's interesting that it was the, the Marines that brought it over. I feel like that's probably the case in a lot of different places. I think that's how it got started in Japan. So, um, so you, you played baseball in high school in Kenya. Yes. I played baseball in the late nineties because we had this, uh, Japanese, um, expatriate who uh, was, uh, staying where close to where my high school was. I schooled in a, a place called Meru School, which is close to the central part of the country, not too far away, uh, near the Mount Kenya's slope, uh, slopes of Mount Kenya. And uh, this Japanese was so passionate about the sport. So he introduced baseball in our boys' school and also introduced softball in the girls' school that was uh, next to us. And we, that's how we started playing baseball. It was the first time I, I saw a bat, a ball, and a glove when I was uh, 14 years old, because that's the first time I have I'd never heard of the sport. I only heard of it first time when I got into high school. Right. And I, right. I loved it. So uh, it was out of this, the, the passionate 
Japanese uh, uh, man who, who introduced the sport to us that I can say I am playing it now. Uh, I don't know if I never went to that school and if I never found baseball there, if I could be in baseball now, but fate has its design. So are you saying that you sort of just happened to find the one place where baseball is played and that was just that one school where that guy started it? Or does, is it um, more popular in Kenya all over? Back then, this was the story uh, of uh, 20 plus years ago. Okay. It was not in many schools. It was in very isolated places, especially mm-hmm. where there was maybe some U.S. people, people from the U.S. who want to come and uh, because sometimes there are people who know the sport, but they are not interested. Right. Uh, but then you, right. I found myself in this school where there was a Japanese who was staying nearby and he was interested. So he donated equipment, he used to bring them from Japan. And then, then after that, definitely uh, I, I signed up and, and, and I've never left. Uh, but also mm-hmm. as it is now, we have many expatriates and maybe I'll be talking about that uh, in a short while, who are working in different places in the country and they are so passionate about the sport and they have been very eager to introduce the sport uh, within their workspaces. But also now uh, the federation, which is now the, the, the core uh, or rather the, man, the body that is mandated with the development of the sport has been very, very instrumental in spreading the sport in different areas of the country. As we speak now, it is not like when I was in school back in the days. Right. Currently, we have baseball being played in over uh, 20 counties out of the 47 counties in Kenya, or we can say in six regions out of the eight uh, regions in the country. There are pockets of baseball in almost uh, every other town, uh, but also uh, the, the work now that is there is to ensure that it's well entrenched, that it, uh, the, 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 the skills um, or other the coaches are well trained and there is linkage with international um, uh, baseball uh, bodies and players uh, across the world. And uh, that is part of the work that the Federation is doing because uh, the, the Baseball Federation of Kenya uh, is tasked in developing the sport across the country. And our work has been to see how we can entrench it uh, into schools, how we can entrench it into communities, and how we can also use um, amateurs to keep on inspiring uh, the growth of the sport uh, in uh, every space that is available. Uh, So when I became the president of the Federation in 2018, April, uh, my my goal ideally was well cut out, uh, that I I wanted to see uh, the sport get into as many communities as possible. And we have introduced the sport in many communities in the country now. As just two weeks ago, we've come, three weeks ago, we've come from the coastal region of Mombasa uh, that is uh, along the Indian Ocean. And there is great baseball being played there by boys and girls. We had a huge coastal tournament and we had really? close to 200 people. 200 kids all gathered together with only one goal to play baseball and they did this for uh, three four days and uh, the the, the event was uh, very very successful and now this is only the coastal region so when you come to the eastern region there is a lot of baseball there 
as well as the western part of the country uh, and also uh, the, the, the Great Rift Valley. So uh, what we have now is that baseball has grown in pockets across the country. What is important is now to expand it from within those pockets and make sure that it is uh, well entrenched and hopefully make it a household name uh, in Kenya. 200 players in a four-day tournament is like absolutely no joke in a country where baseball doesn't have a long history. You know, like I play baseball and I've never participated in anything with 200 players, you know? So like, that's very notable to me. And uh, I'm assuming it was like a youth tournament, right? That was what you said? Yeah, it was a youth tournament, but uh, a mix of youth and uh, two or so schools uh, mm-hmm. that uh, play baseball. So we, we had some few uh, kids travel from the capital city of Nairobi and go link up with other kids from uh, the coastal city of Mombasa, uh, which is 500 kilometers away. Wow. Uh, and uh, <laughs> they, they were able to uh, link up and play. And um, uh, maybe later on, I'll send you some few photos and uh, it was it was good. And this this now is uh, like just a coastal region tournament. As we speak tonight, uh, my team, my technical team, is in the uh, the Rift Valley region uh, in a place called Elbagon, and they are doing um, a selection for under 17s uh, who will make up the the, the, the national team because really? we expect mm-hmm. Uganda to come uh, in the country in the next three weeks, and we need to have the national team ready. Uh, for that. So they are doing some uh, selection for under 12s and under 17 uh, in the uh, in the in the Rift Valley region. And, and okay. this continues okay. until tomorrow. So I had a question I wanted to ask you about that. Because you're talking about youth baseball and you're talking about the national team. Is there any possibility to get like a Kenyan team in the Little League World Series? Uh, we, we do not have a, a Kenyan team in the uh, Little League, um, but okay. uh, we have communities uh, whereby young people are playing baseball. Uh, 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 and um, ideally, uh, the federation is the one that has been running these activities. And hopefully, in the, in the coming days, we will be able to have a Lero League uh, be more also uh, get grounds and roots in the country uh, because we've not experienced uh, much of uh, that effect. Um, but it's because of the just the, the way that um, we do we are doing things uh, around. Um, but um, it's, it would be a good thing. But we, we have kids as young as 12 years old who are playing baseball, not organized in a little league setting, um, but um, uh, either in community setting uh, or in school setups, and, and they are playing baseball. Uh, but um, we, we, we do not have a, a strong Little League connection, but those, those, that's a good dream that we look forward into. But maybe to mention uh, uh, some of the reasons is, as you know, uh, Little League is uh, well a system, which is a community system whereby parents are also very supportive right. of the kids, probably being involved in their uh, skills development. Uh, but in Kenya, we have a scenario whereby uh, the children are learning about the sport before the parents. Mm-hmm. They go home to tell them that we've learned a new sport. Yeah. It's called baseball or softball. And this is how it goes. So you, you find that the kids are ahead of the parents, even in the knowledge of the sport and all that. But before we get to buy 
uh, out the parent to be able to understand and to participate in the skills development of the child. Ideally, you realize already the child is all grown and can survive on their own. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's the disconnect that is there. Uh, the parents, not many parents in Kenya know about baseball. It's the children who actually learn about it before the parents. Right. So you're laying the groundwork for uh, the future generations of Kenyan baseball when the parents can be involved because they'll learn it. Right, because they, they learned it when they were kids. So is there any government involvement, any government funding at all for the federation, or is it all you know donation-based? Uh, ideally, Baseball Federation of Kenya is uh, registered, is, is instituted in the Ministry of Sports in the government of Kenya, under the okay. government of Kenya. And just like other countries, we, we have acts of parliament and statutes that uh, are led either by the government that govern uh, federations or sports organizations. So Baseball Federation of Kenya is registered with the Ministry of Sports anchored under the Ministry of Sports, but also uh, we work very closely with the National Olympics Committee of mm -hmm. Kenya. So the Ministry of Sports and the National Olympics Committee of Kenya come together and they are, they are, they are very, very supportive of the uh, sport. Yes, baseball is a small federation compared to soccer, football federation of Kenya and the like, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, <laughs> we still receive uh, that support. However, it's important to mention that mostly the government sees, um, I, I think in Kenya and many other uh, countries, you have to get to the top uh, to get attention uh, so that you can get the government's attention. Uh, so the government may not be involved in the very foundational um, uh, aspects of your growth process and all that. And, the skills and the coaching and all that. Uh, but when you have a national team and the national team wants to travel uh, to compete for, for an international event or a tournament uh, outside the country or you are hosting a visiting country, then the government comes in to support, uh, but not for other activities uh, that are happening in the communities or at the foundational levels. Okay. So it is more donation-based at the moment Yes, so at the moment it's more donation based because for equipment, uh, maybe it's important also to mention that we do not have uh, companies that are producing equipment in, right. in equipment in Kenya. So we will either uh, get donations from um, Japan, mostly the United States, uh, or our friends who are coming and visiting the two countries. I probably carry some stuff into the country and and, and support uh, the growth of the sport. So uh, our friendships with uh, people who are from countries where uh, baseball is uh, well developed have been very helpful uh, in the past. The only challenge has been the consistency of doing that because mm -hmm. maybe you get someone and then um, they are visiting maybe for their first time. They bring in some few things, some few gloves mm -hmm. and bats, and that's all. So if they don't come again, you have to look for another person. And you know, creating these linkages and these networks is never easy. Ideally, right. uh, mm -hmm. you have to build trust and also get someone who would wish to sacrifice their time. Uh, like uh, I had a gentleman who came from Michigan, uh, some one month or so ago and he carried three boxes of um, uh, uh, baseball staff 
some helmets and uh, chains and all that. And it takes sacrifice for someone to do that. Uh -huh. uh, and, and when you are looking at now, you're trying to grow the sport in a country and it's a big country, uh, you know, uh, those small donations are good. They may not be enough. So it will take quite some time for the sport to get to every other uh, community. Uh, but uh, it's an additional to what uh, is already available. So I, I think it's also such a blessing uh, to have those kind of uh, uh, donations and those kind of supports. So, uh, and, uh, sorry. sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, how can people donate? Do they go to the web, your website or do they reach out on you know, Facebook or Twitter or something? Like, What's the best way to uh, donate something if you have equipment or money that you want to help with? Yeah, so uh, there are two ways then because um, uh, uh, like we have the Baseball Federation of Kenya, which uh, can receive support of equipment. And, and, and I need to mention that also we, we are uh, affiliated with the World Baseball and Softball Confederation Africa region and also the World Baseball and Softball Confederation globally, that is WBSC. And we, we, uh, we, we have... Uh, we are fully recognized to bona fide members. Uh, so we also get support uh, for trainings from WBSC and sometimes support for equipment, uh, but comes in at a slow rate, really, not to right. an extent that uh, we can be happy that this is geared towards developing the sport in a, in a, in a country in Africa that is uh, quite passionate to its growth. Um, so uh, we, we, we get that kind of support in piecemeal. Uh, so anyone who wants to support the Federation uh, definitely can uh, reach out to, uh, to us through the, the Federation uh, email, uh, Baseball Federation of Kenya at gmail.com, uh, Baseball Federation of Kenya at gmail.com. And then we, we are able to have a discourse and then organize on how we can uh, receive their support. Uh, so that, that, that could be one way. Uh, if there is a donation of equipment, you know, there are issues with customs uh, when you are sending equipment to uh, a, 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 another country. So we, we need sometimes to know what is coming in so that we can prepare uh, for exemptions from customs, uh, from, from duty okay. before the staff leaves uh, where it is coming from. Because once it is shipped, you, you, we cannot negotiate when it's already here. Mm -hmm. uh, but we can negotiate before the shipment is, is, is sent. Uh, so uh, that's also another possibility. So all this kind of discussion uh, is very, very important because we, we can then uh, come out with um, a, 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 a way of uh, approaching it and see uh, also what we need most and all that. So anyone who would like to donate, I think that would be the, both, the best way that we get to talk, we get to discuss, uh, so that you can uh, see how to go about it. Uh, that is for equipment. Uh, but then uh, there is also another aspect uh, when it comes to uh, the programs that you are running, the small programs that feed uh, the, 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 the federation with the players because the federation works with the national team. That are, the duty of the federation is to uh, ensure that is the, uh, uh, the, the coaches are trained, uh, that, that, that is conducting coaches clinics. Uh, uh -huh. and they ensure that um, the umpires and scorers are trained and certified, um, but also uh, they ensure that all categories of the national team uh, is well uh, prepared, whether it is under 12, under 15, 
under 17 or 18, under 23, and seniors, uh, both for men and for women. So that, that is the responsibility of the, the federation. But now all these people who are feeding into the federation come from teams. They come from clubs, different clubs across the country. Uh, the, that's where the greatest challenge is because how are these teams uh, uh, sustained? And sometimes, number one, they don't have uh, equipment. They don't have enough equipment. So you find kids waiting for uh, uh, one to use the glove for some time, and then uh, they share. Uh, the other person right. sits down, and, and then waits for the for, for for the colleague or the teammate to also use it and in practice for some time. You realize maybe they they don't have enough balls, and um, uh, they they must either form a circle because they don't have enough for one to one person uh, to to throw and catch. So. Uh, you realize that in the communities, that's where there is a great, great need uh, of, of how we can help these children to uh, give, be, uh, to have all what they need and keep on developing their skills. Uh, I started uh, an academy late last year, early this year, when I realized that we have challenges on uh, consistency and sustainability. I started an academy so that I can inspire even the people that I lead and other people within the country on, on, on how they can use an approach of academies uh, to uh, develop something that is sustainable, something that is consistent, and whereby they can have a follow-up of the kids that they are training baseball uh, too. And um, uh, we have uh, uh, children in the Maasai Land Baseball Academy uh, between the ages of uh, 13, 14 to around 21. And, and, and the numbers are growing. We are getting to close to 100. And that wow. is getting the children within the communities, within the schools that are around a particular area, get them into the field. Of course, we don't have baseball parks in Kenya. So we use sometimes soccer fields. So right. getting right. a soccer field when it's not in use, and then we get to uh, practice there. Like now I've just come uh, from a practice session that started at, uh, at 10 a.m. and has gone all the way to 5 p.m. Uh, with a break of lunch. And uh, all these kids are there uh, playing the sport and, and trying to become better in it. But, but you realize now all these children will need balls, they will need gloves, uh, they will need uh, uh, snacks while they are there. Uh, they will need uh, some lunch and all that. And remembering that you've said that the parents don't know the, the system of Little League and how they can come in and support, of course, they are absent. So uh, it's us who are coaching who keep on telling the kids and inspiring them. They mm -hmm. need to come tomorrow and to come next weekend. And when they come there, they, they probably want to find uh, the equipment are there uh, uh, and then there is water, there are snacks when they get tired, uh, they can have a bite so that they can sustain that eight hour or so session of training. So that burden now is to the coach uh, or people like us now who have the vision for, for that kind of an academy. And uh, uh, I have realized that it's quite uh, tasking, it weighs heavy on someone, but definitely there is a will. And where there is a will, there is always a way. Uh, and I think for, for the last um, 
uh, four or five months that you have been training, we've not missed any session. And uh, when the kids are out for holiday, we meet three times in a week, from morning to evening, doing nothing else, playing baseball. And from there, they get to participate in tournaments. They get to go out, like uh, as I mentioned uh, some three weeks ago, they took a journey 500 kilometers away. It was probably their first journey for, for, for a long time. And when they experience this, they want to stay very uh, close to the spot. I have now, some of them have graduated from grade eight, they're going to high school. They don't go to high schools that are far away. They're telling me we want to stay in a high school that is close so that we can be coming to play baseball. And that tells you that it has already gotten into their system and it's something that they, they're gonna do for a long, long time. So, um, so the challenge there is now how to sustain such programs how to sustain such academies. And uh, because uh, you, don't you don't receive support from the government for this, uh, unless you get a donor, then you do it from your own savings. And that is what mm. I'm doing. That's awesome. I, I yeah, mean, it's like inspiring. It really is. And it's, it's something that we take for granted over here that, you know, baseball stuff's just always around and it's, you know, you got to work really hard. Um, really it's hard not to find baseball stuff over here, you know, cause there's yeah. so much of it in circulation. So we're talking about equipment problems. And one of the things that I know about you that I think is super, super cool is you have your own bat making operation, right? T tell me a little bit about that, how you make your own bats for the Kenyan, Kenyan uh, baseball federation. Yeah. So when we started, um, uh, the, the bat making thing is actually for the Masai Lad Baseball Academy. Uh, uh, and uh, when we started the Masai Lad Baseball Academy, we realized we had quite a number of challenges. Uh, I could go to the secondary market to get some few gloves, sometimes coming in with um, secondary staff, sports items. Yeah. And from a, from a shipment, sometimes you could get just one or two. Uh, so we struggled with that and until when we had uh, almost some um, half the number of gloves that we need and we started getting a bit comfortable with that. But then we, we had an issue with the bats and um, we mostly use aluminum bats, um, but also uh, uh, it's good also to try the wooden bats, especially sometimes in international um, games and tournaments, you, you find yourself using wooden bats. And we thought now that we don't have aluminum bat, as some of them that we end were breaking or cracking, uh, what do we do? So I, I thought I need to get a good carpenter, uh, someone who works with them, uh, wooden staff, and I show them how a bat looks like because maybe there is a high probability they have mm -hmm. never seen it. Right. And then I tell them to produce an exact replica of what I will give them. Uh, so I, I got a bat that we used for a pre-Olympics qualifier tournament that we had in 2019 from a bat from WBSC, um, an approved bat. And, and I took it to the carpenter and I told him to produce a similar one. So he didn't have all the calipers and all this, but he managed to uh, get um, uh, his act together. And <laughs> when I came back, uh, I realized he had produced an exact replica of the bat that we had given to him. Okay. Uh, I was astonished because he had not seen one. He just said he needs to make something like this. Mm. And he did it. 
So uh, we ask ourselves, okay, here it looks so good, what do we need to do next? So we thought of branding it. Uh, so we, we took uh, uh, it through all, all those processes and we branded it, Masai Land Baseball League. And um, we have some few now that we have produced uh, from Adud. Uh, we, we don't have uh, the type of tree that I think is used um, in some countries like hash, ash something. I, I need to remember the name of the tree. Uh, so we are using either a mahogany uh, or um, uh, another a blue gum. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm looking for another band adult that I'm told is also quite good. Uh, but uh, when we tried the mahogany, it was slightly less dense uh, than the normal uh, bat. So uh, I, we want to see how we can get it a little bit heavier. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, what we have now is uh, useful and uh, the kids are enjoying it and it's really, really helpful. Uh, so even if we don't have uh, the uh, aluminum bats, then we can make do with our own uh, made uh, wooden bats. And uh, we can produce them in mass if we want, uh, but at the moment we are just producing uh, for our own use. Uh, mm -hmm. And we, uh, we can start supplying to uh, other teams across the country. Uh, and uh, But it was an, a, a great breakthrough. Uh, so I look forward for a time that we can get also a leather industry that can uh, make uh, uh, gloves. Uh, because one of the things is now uh, we must become more innovative in Africa and we must look for local solutions uh, to help uh, solve uh, the, the, the challenges uh, that, that we have. So uh, so the BAT issue, that one I can say we can probably take care of, uh, uh, although it's still, exp uh, well, maybe expensive uh, for every other team because uh, at the end of the day, we are using around $30 uh, mm -hmm. Produce one, but maybe if we are producing many, uh, that can come down. Uh, so we we hope that we can get away of also uh, sometime in future. I don't know how many years uh, to produce our own leather gloves. That would be really really uh, good. That that's absolutely incredible, man. You, it sounds yeah. like you're laying the groundwork for like a self-sustaining baseball world in Kenya, you know, like donations are great and I hope people keep sending them, but now you're getting, and you even said you want to get leather involved so you can start making your own gloves. It sounds like you're really trying to get it to be where you don't need to rely on the generosity of others. You can start just start doing it by yourself. So one of the things that I want to ask with, with bats is let's go down the line, right? 10 years, 20 years down the line. And let's say baseball's flourishing and you're making all your own bats and gloves and everything. Do you see yourself being able to sort of spread baseball throughout Africa as a whole to like neighboring countries? I know South Africa is a pretty good program. And I think Uganda is sort of a country on the rise, but I think for most African countries, they're kind of in the same boat as you, where it's not as big. Do you see yourself being able to sort of grow it on a bigger scale than just Kenya down the road? Uh, the, thank you, Ethan. We don't have an option. Like, that's the only direction that we right. can take. Uh, because um, because uh, we, we feel part of the sport. I, I, when I am not doing sports, I'm a medical scientist. I teach at the university. But I feel that this is something that the children of this country need uh, to just keep, you know, and grow in, 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 in an awesome way. 
besides the normal schooling, the conventional schooling, they need sport. And those who are playing soccer need to play soccer. Not all of them are into it. Those who are playing baseball need to play baseball and so on and so forth. And we have a responsibility as sports leaders to make sure that we leave the legacy of a building a foundation whereby other the future generations can ride on. And this is ensuring that we uh, form a, a, a platform that they can come and manage the sport, develop their skills with the, in an easier way. Get in coaches to uh, uh, coach trainers to train coaches in the country because that is how we are looking at it. Um, in, the, in, 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 in three weeks, uh, no, 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 in July, um, we are getting some few coaches, uh, trainers uh, from Japan to come and train the coaches uh, locally. And we, we anticipate to have close to 30 to 40 coaches in the same place being trained for a period of uh, a number of days. Uh, besides that particular training, we have another one in uh, December. We, we have some people still coming from the United States to come and also train coaches for a period of one week. And these coaches are, will be from all parts of the country and they will go back to their communities, to their institutions, to their schools or universities, and they'll keep on passing on the skills that they learned. And there will be a ripple effect of that. And every person doing their part, ideally the growth and the expansion of baseball uh, will become assured. That's why I'm saying, we don't have a choice. Right. We right, cannot yeah. at this point. We must ensure that the growth is assured. And uh, as long as, uh, well, I can talk for myself, as long as I'm uh, where I am at the moment, I'll definitely ensure uh, that this happens. And then we have minimal academies because I started the Maasai Lad Baseball Academy to influence or rather to, to show the rest how we can do it in a more sustainable way. If we have, for instance, 10 academies to start with in the country, then they grow to 20 and then grow to 50. And ideally what will happen is that these academies will be able to uh, develop to a level that uh, baseball will become the spot of choice for many children uh, in the country, many kids in the country. And uh, I can tell you, it may not take as long as you've mentioned it might take less because the other vision that I have for these kids is that one day we don't have MLB scouting in Kenya at the moment. And I agree with you, South Africa is side of us. Uganda mm. is also doing fantastically well. And that's why we, we keep on playing with Uganda. Uh, uh, we were there in December. They are coming in, in, Ju in June uh, to play with Kenya. And we need to keep this happening. Uh, I have contacted the WBSC to see if we can have continental or women baseball uh, championships. And we are discussing on how we can have that happen in, in, the, in the next uh, few months to come. Uh, so we, we hope that with the expansion of academies, uh, definitely many kids will, 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 will be into the sport. And if kids love the sport, you cannot stop its growth. 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. So, so that answered my next, because my next question was going to be, are you working with other countries? And it sounds like, it sounds like you are. Is the WBSC, I don't know how it works. Do they help provide funding or equipment or anything, or do they just get people together talking and sort of facilitate conversation? Well, uh, mostly the WBSC supports with equipment, and I, I can tell not enough because we've <laughs> not received equipment uh, for the last, um, I think, four years or so, or Oof. even five Oof. or more. And um, we are receiving the first consignment in a few weeks from now. Okay. And okay. Uh, it, it will not be enough for the many players that we have in the country. So simply what I'm saying is that we have more players than equipment in right, Kenya. Right. WBSC uh, mm -hmm. is not supplying enough. They are doing something, but, but I can confidently say it's not enough. That is why we are networking, <clears throat> looking for partnerships, collaborations, friendships, right. so that people uh, can then uh, influence or rather give in more end into uh, the other tools of trade. So have you had any um, interaction with MLB? I know some, I think Jimmy Rollins went and, and did some stuff in Uganda and sent them some equipment. And obviously there's been um, two players from South Africa to make the major leagues. Have you had any interaction with MLB? Have they reached out at all to help or anything? Uh, not in the near uh, uh, past because I have tried to look for contacts on how we can get uh, MLB participate uh, or rather come in and do uh, scouting. Uh, we have sent some few coaches into elite camp in the, uh, in South Africa in the past few years. So I, we have around three or so. Uh, we have gone through the program and they have come back and started training. Uh, uh, Uganda might have probably had uh, more uh, opportunities, uh, but we've not had uh, MLB coaches come to Kenya uh, our scouts come to Kenya per se to, uh, uh, to, to, to scout or, or even to support or to give any kind of donation. Uh, and um, well, now that we've not tried, we've tried. And um, every other, sometimes we can give them communications or even tag them into our posts and all that. But we've not right. had a very official linkage and uh, we would be glad if we got one. Yeah, it sounds like uh, getting their attention has been a goal of yours uh, on more than just a scouting level, even a support level. Cause I feel like even a small amount of support from something like MLB or like uh, NPB in Japan would probably be like, you know, world changing for you guys. It sounds like you guys might be able to find the infrastructure, you know, down the road. Like you mentioned with the bats, you're able to make bats. Um, and it's really a matter of just scale for that. Uh, you might be able to find leather to make gloves. Uh, something that stood out to me in that conversation was there's still the issue of baseballs, which might be the easiest thing to like send over. And uh, I mean, I know that it's easy to go through them quickly, but uh, if you could get the attention of anybody with any sort of infrastructure and they just sent baseballs, I'm sure that that would be a huge help for you guys. Uh, again, I think we talked about this before when we, uh, when we linked up on Reddit uh, and you mentioned it again on the podcast, how the main way of getting stuff over there has been people like taking it over right. you know, of their own free will. 
people who have the financial you know capital to just send stuff and the willingness i think would that sounds like that would be something that you guys would benefit from in a huge way so you know for any any listeners out there so if if i can jump out of that titus one of the things um i did i did an article about the greek national baseball team right and one of the things that they did in the olympics about 20 years ago was they reached out to peter angelos as the owner of the baltimore orioles and he's a you know, Greek American guy. And he basically provided the funding to get all these guys, their passports, get their Greek citizenship, fly them to and from that kind of thing. Obviously that's like a big fish. I don't know if there are any Kenyan owners of a baseball team. I would doubt it. But one guy that I do know of specifically, there's a pitcher on the Braves named Tuki Tucson. His mother is the daughter of a Kenyan diplomat. So there's a connection for you if you want to reach out to Tuki Tucson. I don't know how you could get a hold of him, but that's something to get plugged. But basically what I wanted to ask was, like Tom was saying, do you have any benefactors, you know, something like that, people who are really interested in the success of Kenyan baseball, who are willing to try and help the program, you know, financially, things like that, maybe in baseball or outside of the baseball industry? What comes off my hand is that some few expatriates who have been here for a long time. Uh-huh. Uh, we have uh, uh, some of them from... Um, USA and uh, Canada, and they, they are trying to put up a baseball field. They're actually not trying, they're putting up a baseball field in one okay. of the public oh, yeah. universities. And the public university has donated a, a field, uh, I think five to 10 acres, if I am getting it right. Wow. And uh, wow. they, they, they want now to, they have started grading, uh, clearing the bushes and all that. And the next step is now to uh, set up the grounds and, and make it uh, make it a playable space uh, before probably we put other things. Um, as I said, we don't have a baseball park, uh, but then we, if we have an inter- an internationally dimensioned kind of uh, a space to play, uh, then that would be a big plus. But what they are doing, uh, they, they will definitely have some and dugouts and all that and uh, a good space where people can come whether from within the country or even we can host some international events and then people can come and enjoy it. so once that field is up uh, it will be the uh, band field in the country but uh, maybe it will be the, the, the best of all uh, we should be able to bid for hosting of many other uh, continental uh, tournaments and definitely it will be a great seller uh, of the sport uh, in the country. Uh, so uh, that kind of uh, support, we, we, we definitely uh, find it uh, through such means, whereby we have uh, such expatriates who are interested to see in seeing uh, the growth and the development of the sport uh, in the country. Uh, uh, not as many Kenyans uh, uh, understand baseball to that level uh, mm-hmm. because it has uh, definitely that heavy investment. Uh, the difference is in soccer, they just know you get into the field with one ball and, and you are good to go. Uh, but in baseball, it's not like that. Every child will need uh, a glove and they will need to be in, in good playing attire and, and they will probably need a bat at some point and balls need to be plenty. Uh, so you find the investment is heavier. And because of that, that has also restricted the growth of the sport in the schools. Uh, because the, the, the schools, when you go and introduce the sport, uh, they need two things. They need uh, equipment and they need a coach because the person who is there maybe knows all the other sports, but not baseball. Uh, they know uh, basketball, they know volleyball, they know handball, they know soccer 
but baseball they don't so you need to take time and 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 develop uh, the skills of the coaches because of that definitely it becomes it takes a little bit more time apart from now that we've come up or uh, rather there, there is the baseball five uh, which i i definitely uh, uh, know that you have heard about uh, and it does not require equipment uh, just um, a, a softball and uh, you you bat with your uh, hand uh, that's easier and it is also getting ground in um, elementary schools in the country because uh, it's easier to manage and does not require a very big space and does not require investment with equipment but then it's also a way through towards playing of baseball because when someone understands the skills and the techniques of playing baseball five uh, then they are able to graduate from there when they get equipment uh, to play baseball nine uh, so we do not have a lot of um, homegrown support, um, but um, uh, sometimes we, we have uh, support from some expatriates and also the government now when we have international events. Cool. I like the uh, the baseball five thing in particular because I like the adaptation, you know, where it's like, listen, we can't have, like we're, we're having difficulty getting equipment out there we have this alternative that builds all the same skills and it's doesn't take up as much space and we can just have kids play that until they get to, it sounds like you guys start largely what around like age 12, like with the, the teams. So like once they get to 12, you know, they've been working on those skills. It's not a huge adjustment to adjust to swinging a bat. It's off to the races at that point, as far as uh, development with the kids. We were talking a little bit right before you jumped back on for the second part about how impressive it is that, I mean, one, 200 kids showing up for a tournament, and two, you mentioned that at the Maasai Land Academy that you have kids there for like five, six, seven hours a day. Yeah. Like that level of dedication to, to me would be really promising because like you can't even really get people to do that here. You yeah, know? that doesn't happen a lot here. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah. That, in my opinion, bodes really well for you guys. And uh, it, it sounds like, to me, the way that I would sum it up is that your, your guys' passion is like, it's all there. And it's building, it's starting to snowball a little bit. And it's really just equipment issues that uh, you guys could use some help working out. And uh, I liked Ethan's suggestion with uh, Tuki Tuisant. Um, you know hopefully that's something that you guys could maybe look at and yeah we we know the braves are listening so uh, yeah obviously you know tukey you're, you're listening let me let me ask you this titus what are the other sports that you're competing with i know that you said soccer a lot but what are the other sports that are big in kenya or are there not a lot of sports and baseball has a pretty clear path well uh, i i i am uh being in sports definitely we have um uh, National Olympics Committee, which brings uh, together all the other sports, um, all the other federations uh, in the country. And uh, there are close to 30 federations, okay. uh, all of them playing different sports from uh, volleyball to uh, some beach sports to hardball to athletics. And athletics is big in Kenya, you know that, uh, because of yeah. the Maradona's. Yeah. The great Maradona's come from here, 
and um, we have also uh, swimming. Um, uh, we have cricket. Uh, we have hockey. Uh, hockey. So, yeah, hockey. Really? Like, like field yes. hockey, right? Like on grass? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I thought yeah. I was like ice hockey. Uh, ice, ice hockey would be hard to play. I would. Yeah, think. it was like Canada <laughs> reaching out across yeah. the ocean. Yeah. So, so what we don't have as much as the American, we call it American football or American mm, soccer. Yeah, yeah, American football. American yeah. football. Yeah, red, red iron football. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's it's not as um, grown here. But then I think, of course, there is always someone who will come with some inspiration. Uh, to just um, uh, introduce and, and and see its growth. Although we found one a Kenyan player who has played uh, American football uh, in the United States at a high level. Oh, really? Uh, oh. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know where he is at the moment, but um, uh, there, it, it has been there. And uh, there we have all sorts of sports, maybe all of them, uh, archery and all that. So we have quite a number of them. So where does baseball fit into all that? Is baseball becoming one of the more popular sports or are there still a lot of sports that are ahead of it uh, when it comes to ki kids playing? Uh, there are quite a number of sports that are ahead of it because um, and mostly, uh, let's say, soccer is the one that has um, crowded uh, every space because mm. it's uh, one of the oldest or the easiest uh, sport that uh, kids have found themselves playing. Uh, before they find uh, a normal ball, like when I was young, 20 plus years ago, uh, we used to uh, just uh, wrap together uh, pieces of uh, material and all that and polythene and we would use a, a, a tight uh, rope or string, strong string and uh, wild it together and we come up with a ball that would throw it in the field and we start playing. Right. Uh, and uh, this, this, this soccer, kids start playing soccer when they are as little as um, three, four years, even at home. So it's something that they grow with. Uh, the mm -hmm. challenge is that um, they don't get a chance to represent the country. Probably from one million kids, you will probably have only one uh, that will make it uh, the way to, 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 to the national team or even to play for the country. Uh, right. But with right. other sports, uh, there is a diversification. And those who manage to diversify from soccer then have got a better chance to develop further and even to play more. Uh, because uh, those who are playing soccer for one reason or another, they get to a point and they find they can't go beyond there. So they drop out uh, uh, mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, but those who find themselves playing other sports, because they are not played by so many people, they will find themselves sticking to it and 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 keeping on doing it for a longer time. Yeah. And that's yeah. now what this, what's happening with baseball because those who are in it definitely expect to stay there for quite some time, and they expect to to keep doing it for a long, long time. So uh, we hope that um, uh, we can keep influencing uh, many more coaches uh, and and also training many more so that they can keep on inspiring kids to get their skills right and to make it an intrinsic spot to love it from the blood and from there then we will see its growth we are also trying to bring in parents now uh, like in the Masai Land Baseball Academy uh, we are bringing in parents we are making parents involved uh, in the development of the child so we keep updating uh, what is happening and, and the parents are able to 
Some of them have never seen it played. They have never come to the field, but right. at least they get the updates of what is happening. So we hope that the future generation of other parents that will come later will find this as an entrenched practice and they'll be able to participate in the development of the skills uh, for their children. Uh, so so that, that's, that's what is happening at the moment. Well, that sounds like you guys are on a, on a good path. Really fast, I see your Kenya shirt there. Is there. Do you guys have any merchandise or anything that you sell for the Kenya baseball team? We are producing one very soon for the Maasai Land Baseball Academy. We got okay. someone do the designs for us and um, everything. So we, we have them done, but not produced. Uh, and uh, I hope very soon we should be able to uh, do some uh, mass production. And when we do that, we should be able to uh, get uh, the system of what we require to to start uh, selling some merchandise uh, to yeah. anyone who is interested across the world. Yeah, that sounds cool. great. I'll, to I'll totally buy one, man. So yeah, we'll be all over that. <laughs> we'll have you on again in a little while and uh, see how Kenyan baseball is doing. How's that sound? Thank you very much and much appreciated for having me uh, on, on set tonight. And uh, I really hope that uh, we can keep this discourse going because yeah. it's by doing this that we get to inspire uh, many other Kenyans and also other people from across the world who would be in a position to help the growth of the sport um, uh, that they love in places where the sport is uh, uh, taking shape. And I think we welcome uh, that kind of support. And, and if uh, anyone is interested, then uh, they can hit us up uh, either on uh, Baseball Federation of Kenya at gmail.com or, or if they would like to support uh, the, um, whatever is happening in the communities, like for instance, what, what we are doing in the Maasai Land Academy, uh, they can still get us at um, uh, Maasai Land Baseball Academy at gmail.com. And Maasai Land is MAA and one S. This has been terrific, man. Thank you so much. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to you want to say? Uh, what uh, it's just to give my vision for the development of uh, yeah. baseball in Kenya to to just um, break it down in one minute. Yeah, please. Uh, do. My vision, my vision is that in the years to come, uh, we will have uh, tens, if not hundreds, of academies uh, in Kenya doing playing baseball boys and girls playing baseball uh, because we have so many uh, mental health issues across the world. The more we give children a chance to play, uh, the more we help them uh, grow in, an, uh, uh, in a complete uh, and wholesome uh, perspective because we need to take care of their mental growth, their physical growth, uh, their spiritual growth, and also their emotional growth. And uh, I, I hope that you can be able to reach out to as many kids as possible uh, through baseball. The second one is I would love to see many more facilities come up uh, in Kenya. We only have, this time is when we're having the band probably in the fourth baseball field, and not a baseball park, just a field that is set for baseball. I, I hope that in the near future, we can have many more so that kids in Kenya can play in a space that they own because now they are playing mostly either in soccer fields. And when the soccer guys come, then they start pushing each other uh, to the side. And of mm -hmm. course, being a bigger bully, uh, you realize that uh, the baseball kids may be uh, put aside. So uh, I would like to see many more fields designed for baseball, for the baseball, for the sport of baseball. 
uh, that would be very impressive. Uh, that thing, uh, and, and the bigger one is to see if we can collaborate with MLB so that in the years to come, it must not be tomorrow or next year, but we must start today so that we grow in an exponential manner. And in the years to come, then we can have many more Africans and hopefully Kenyans playing in the Major League Baseball. Yeah. And, and, and the other one is also not leaving women behind. I'm very passionate about women baseball so, and women in sport. I would like to see them entrenched. Those four things are things that are so passionate to me. Baseball academies are sports for uh, grounds that are specifically meant for baseball as a sport, and then the participation of Kenyans in future in MLB, and also the growth of women baseball in the country. And I think with that, I will rest happy. Yeah, okay. absolutely, man. That That's wonderful. I, I love all the work that you're doing and I wish you the best of luck and I hope that we can help out. Titus, thanks so much for your time. I hope we didn't yes, keep thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Thank you, Ivan. All the best. It's been great. Right. Man. Thanks, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Goodbye. Titus, thanks again so much for coming on the show. It was awesome to have you and, and we really appreciate your time. Tom, what a, what a cool guy. What a genuine guy. What a nice I guy. I know. <laughs> Dude, it was like, like, sometimes in america you get a little bored of like baseball people in the sense that like there's a lot of people who are just kind of like ah, i kind of like baseball you know i like to play it whatever you know and then you meet a guy like titus who's just uh, like breathe it. dedicated to it in a way that like honestly even here in like the baseball capital of the world uh you don't see a lot and uh i think that that's partially why it seems like baseball in Kenya, I mean, it's certainly doing better than I would have assumed prior to speaking with Titus. Absolutely, you know? yeah. If you asked me like point blank, you know, just cold open, hey, how do you think baseball in Kenya is doing? I'd probably be like, well, I'm sure it'll be there eventually. I didn't even know they played it. Yeah. And one of the things I thought was so cool about Titus was, first of all, I said this in the interview. He, he's laying the groundwork for the future of baseball Kenya. So he's not just trying to get these kids on a field and see what they can do. And maybe somebody's good enough to go play in the U S or whatever, which would be cool. But, but he, he's, he's, he, he's creating his own bats. He just said he wants to get a leather company involved so he can make mitts. Obviously I'm sure balls are the next thing he's trying to step up donations. He's making connections with all these other countries. And he's even moving up in the world, you know, talking to Uganda and South Africa, like, like the next tier of baseball countries, right. South Africa. And they, they got a field in the works too, by the way. And they've got like a field in the works. Like you said, he's laying the groundwork for 50 years from now kenya to be a baseball powerhouse in africa and tom i'm convinced i i do a lot of reading about international baseball and and one of like australia for example has an australian baseball hall of fame and of course they have guys like grant balfour in there who are awesome awesome players mm -hmm. but they have a lot of guys in there that aren't household names you'll never have heard of who maybe were just good players before it was big but a lot of right. times the guys who are like kind of like in the mlb hall of fame they have you know pioneers guys who help yeah, trailblazers that's Titus. That's Absolutely, Titus. yeah. 100 years from now, when there's been 50 Kenyan MLB players and, you know, there's been guys to all-star teams and everything, there's going to be the Titus Mutweary Baseball Academy in Kenya, and there's going to be the Titus Mutweary Field, and there's going to be the Titus Mutweary Tournament. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and I'm sure there are other guys doing great work, too, and I don't know who they are, and I apologize. But Titus, Yeah, listen, I'm sure they're going to name stuff after all those absolutely, guys, too. We just don't yeah. know them. So Titus is going to be a baseball legend in Kenya, yeah. And like I can tell just from the way he's talking about it, that it's real and it's growing. And even if it doesn't overtake soccer and even if it doesn't become well, the it probably won't, if we're being honest, but like, yeah, there's a good chance it doesn't have football. to. 
I, I mean, with the way he's talking about it, I don't know anything about it. I don't, I've never been there, but I could totally see a Kenyan major leaguer in the next 20 years. You know what I mean? Like how cool would that be? And it, I feel like Titus, there's, there's a lot of the credit for the way it's, it's yeah. growing and the way it'll continue to grow. Well, it sounds like, I mean, yeah, not to take any credit from, you know, the coaches and everything that he mentioned and he's got, I'm sure he's got like support staff and everything, you know, he's not the only guy, but no. it sounds like a lot of this is sort of like just sheer force of will yep. that he's pushing this forward. Well, and he also and, said he's he's a medical scientist too. So like yeah, he, like he's not doing this like as his, just his full time job. Like this is like right. his other full time job. That's a demanding job. He's not like yeah, he's not like working at McDonald's like twenty hours a week and then just doing it. And like this isn't his full time job. It's just what he wants to do with his life. And yeah. one of the things that he said that was that I thought was really cool that we sort of skipped past was I'm I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of like you need to give kids sports to give them something to like better their lives basically like yeah such problems with like mental health and people have so many problems just in their own heads you know and he was like sports basically is an outlet for that and so titus is obviously wants baseball to grow because he likes baseball but he also is trying to help people and i think that's like the coolest thing about it Mm -hmm. that if he you know it's kind of like in in the u.s when when you know like an nfl players or an nba player or something will say like oh you know sports kept me in the classroom and off the streets like that kind of thing yeah you know, like, I don't, I don't know if that's exactly a, a good comparison, but it's kind of the idea. I think it's probably a great comparison just because there's no way that like, you know, like every single country and every single city in the world is going to have problems with kids who don't have anything to do right. after school or whatever. And they end up turning to delinquency. You know, this is like a very common thing everywhere. And it's exactly what you said. It's the same kind of thing. When you give kids like sports and stuff to do and out like this, when you give them anything to do, all that stuff goes down, even if it's just a little bit. Right. And like, you know, obviously, like we said, they're they're probably never going to overtake soccer. But as long as they just have a foundation there, you know, like with all the effort he's putting in and with all the passion that he has. And it seems like it's spreading to these kids. Cause he mentioned right. they have kids driving all the way across the country. 500 I, kilometers. That's like 300 miles, right? <laughs> that's a lot of miles. Either their parents are driving them or they have to like get a bus or something right. like one way or another. Would Somebody I drive 300 miles for a baseball game? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, maybe it would depend on what kind of baseball game it was. But like, generally, no. And it, I think I'm would, pretty passionate about playing baseball. Tom, it would be like me driving six hours to learn cricket. Yeah, it'd be like you driving to Pittsburgh to learn how to play cricket. Right, to learn how to play cricket. Like I would never do that. <laughs> but but Titus, I mean, I, I this this is gonna sound stupid. I'm really proud of Titus for what he's doing. It's so cool. And yeah, he's I, a guy I, too. But I hope that doesn't come off as condescending. But like exactly, like it's general. It genuinely like. It really is like I I never would have imagined that somebody was out there making such a difference. You know what I yeah. mean? And and it's it's like inspiring. Like I want to go out now and just bang the drum for baseball Kenya. I think it's super yeah. cool. I'm gonna keep an eye on on baseball Kenya, and I hope we see a a Kenyan major leaguer soon. Um, yeah. To all our loyal listeners out there, um, to the Atlanta know. Braves, who we know are listening. Yes, yeah, and our, our legions of fans as well. Uh, if any of you. <laughs> One, one thing that Titus mentioned, I think I brought this up in the interview, and I think he did as well. It was uh, earlier in the interview. Um, 
a lot of their stuff gets to them through people who are like going to Kenya anyway, just bring it with them. Right. So listen, I know it's a little bit of a long shot. I mean, personally going to Kenya, I don't want to say it's not on my list of things to do, but I wouldn't say it's near the top generally in terms uh, mostly because it's probably really expensive and well if you happen to be going there i i've no, i've actually yeah. known people who've gone there on like missions trips and stuff or you know Ooh, yeah or, you know what tom let's make this broader if you're going on a trip to anywhere that isn't a developed baseball country and you reach out and see if you can bring something you know bring a carry-on bag full of balls that kind of thing. you know what i mean i'm sure if you're going to I don't know, Uganda, right? I'm sure you could reach yeah. out to them and say, hey, I, I can bring some balls, you know? So that was something to think about. I, I never would have thought about that. You know, not that I'm planning on going to Kenya anytime soon, but um, now it's in my head. If I ever do, I'll reach out and say like, you know, hey, I'm going to Sri Lanka. Can I bring you some baseballs? Would that help? And understand that, you know, if it's not brand new equipment, that's fine in a lot right. of these places. Like with Kenya, I mean, like legit, all they need is just gear. They don't need the best gear. What they need is stuff so that they can play the game. Because uh, what I was thinking of, and this might be a little silly, but uh, in Sandlot, you know how they have one baseball and they, uh, I think, is it Smalls yeah. hits it out? I don't and then they're just like, well, now we don't have a baseball anymore. That kind of ran through my head when i was thinking about their equipment shortages right. like if they have a bat and it breaks it might just be like well we don't have a bat anymore well not so, anymore because titus started his own bat factory true true this guy is so cool i can't get over the stuff this guy is doing like i if i if i were in that position and i'm not if i decided one day to be like you know what i'm gonna try and grow the game of cricket right here you know something like that <laughs> And I had one cricket bat and it broke. I'd be like, well, I tried. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know I what did I mean? my best. Like, yeah. Like I wouldn't go, to, I wouldn't go and learn how to become a carpenter so that I could create all this stuff. Like it's, it's so cool. And, and I think, I, man, it was so cool talking to him and he, he had so yeah. much great information. I can't wait to have him on again because there's a thousand things we could have asked him and I want to keep up, you know, with know one podcast. thing I wanted to, to ask about, which I don't know if he has an answer to this yet, but he mentioned that it, expats basically brought the game to the country so americans and also the japanese expat that he learned it from in school right what i would be interested in and i don't know if there's an answer to this yet is like i mentioned before american baseball and japanese baseball are very distinct in terms of you know the way that they're played and like the culture and everything and part of me really wants to know like which one has a bigger influence over there you know, like which kind of like there, there's a little bit of a split and I want to know kind of which path they're going yeah, that, down. That's a good question. I mean, I think it's possible that there maybe just isn't one because like the fundamentals right, of the yeah. game are kind of the same. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you throw yeah. the ball at first base, you throw the ball at first base. There's not a, a Japanese style or an American Usually. style. It might be that. I mean, I, I don't know, but it would be interesting. We didn't even get into like international competitions or the national team, that kind of thing. Like, right. we, well, we got into the day. national team a little bit. It sounded like they were like recruiting for one. Right. But I mean, like, we didn't talk at all about like how do competitions work? Where do you go? How do you, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. like, we're, we're going to have to have him on because there's so much stuff. We could have done a six hour interview with him. So, yeah. Titus, thanks right. so much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And I hope this can help spread the word about kenyan baseball and again just uh feel free to reach out to uh titus or the the federation to see if you guys can help and, and i hope you enjoyed it and uh, look forward to the next episode all right until then